0: Hi, everybody. I'm Matt, founder and CEO of Live School, and this is the Live School podcast. Our guest today is Eric Stevenson, assistant principal at Crossroads Middle School, that's over in Fairfield, Ohio. Thanks for being here today. How's it going? I'm doing
1: well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Of course.
0: So, uh, your school has recorded and recognized students with o- over 400,000 positive points so far this year. Sounds like you've gotten some great stuff off the ground. Can you tell us a little bit about what that process has been like and what's it like to be a student at your school? What kinds of stuff are they doing with all these points?
1: Sure. Yeah. So, uh, the way that we use it, I, I think is the typical way is, um, you know, teachers are awarding points for, um, you know, for good behavior or for like good sequences of things that the students are doing that sort of thing. Um, you know, obviously we uh, we're issuing demerits for students that have like, you know, some sort of infraction of some sort. Um, we generally don't use it as our, you know, if we have big disciplinary issues, those Mm -hmm. are just kind of office referrals. But, um, as far as keeping things in the hands of the teachers, especially that's, that's what we use it for. It's, it's for that. Um, as far as a student at our school, I would say that we see students, Kind of responding to it in a in a generally a good way, um, especially if there's a negative point. If the teacher has the sound on and issues a negative point, and it does the wah wah, you know, all the students kind of like perk up for a second. And they're like, oh gosh, you know, she's paying attention. What's what are we looking at? He's he's looking at this kind of thing. So the, I would say that that's kind of their interaction with it. They use their points to buy a whole slew of different things. Whether that's you know, talkies are a big thing. Mm. Um, you know booth passes at lunch hat passes that sort of thing what's a booth pass so we have uh in each of our cafeterias we have two booths just you know it's just like a restaurant booth that um, the kids can choose i think it's i think it's three of their friends um, to sit at the booth for the day i mean it is nice it's got a backrest and a padded seat which is more than uh, you can say for lunch tables
0: yeah, that sounds very nice. Uh, have you found that like more of the tangible rewards are more popular or more of those like experiences or does it just depend on the, the student?
1: Uh, I think that the more tangible things are the are the big, big things that they're shooting for. Um, yep. And it's really the quick stuff. Um, mm. So if they've got to work for it for a really long time. And, and I mean, we've read that research too, to saying, yeah, you know, if a kid has to wait too long, then you know it's probably mm. not the best system. So we try to keep some of those things low so that kids have some incentive to do things and then kind of get that not instant gratification, but some reward with it.
0: How often are students able to shop?
1: Oh, they can shop whenever they want. They can, oh, okay. Um, so
0: is it, is this like a room in your, in your building that's open or how, how does that work?
1: So when I, I guess when I say tangible, I don't mean like physical objects mm-hmm. as much as I mean, like, um, like, like the booth passes, like the hat passes, God. like the, you know, Sometimes, if there's a bunch of them, they can they can pull together for like some extra recess time, that sort of thing. Nice. Um, does that answer your question?
0: Yeah, definitely. So every day they're able to to buy the that's that's awesome.
1: They can purchase anytime they want, and we do have a handful, and we split it with some, you know, of our PBIS systems. But um, we do have like talkies that are in the office, or um, nice. you know, that's that's really the big thing that they're shooting for is yeah, or hot Cheetos on occasion.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, so I know you had a really high PBIS ratio, like over 100 to 1 or something like that, in terms yeah. of the, the, the amount of positives going out versus the DMARs. I mean, I guess it's better than the opposite, right? It's better than having 100, 100 negatives to every positive. But but you actually thought that was not a good thing. Could you just talk through like that thought process and what you all have been doing to kind of try to tighten that up and be more consistent? Sure.
1: So it originally was brought to my attention via like our psych um, in our building. And she was saying, you know, really you're looking for like a three to one ratio. And I was like, Oh man, we're not even close to that. You know, we're at, I think the best grade band, we have six, seven, and eight here. The best grade mm-hmm. band was I think 70 uh, something to one or something. Else. Right. <laughs> so um, that was, was too positive. <laughs> of, yeah. Right. And so what we started thinking through when we started looking at, okay, students are getting points for this. And that's awesome. And I'm so glad, you know, it's a school initiative. I'm so glad that people are using this. Uh, however, it seems like early on in a school year, it would make sense for the, uh, the higher points for the, for the positives. Um, but as the school year kind of trends on, we were seeing the continuation of those points, but kids were getting uh, positive points for stuff that really they should be doing anyway. It's, it's not like a...
0: Was it stuff that they like, maybe at the beginning of the year, it was like, okay, we'll give points for that. And then you expect them to kind of learn it or just stuff you in general just expect them to do?
1: So I think that the teachers, you know, to their credit, they were trying to set the tone and they were trying yep. to make sure that, you know, hey, we're trying to make sure that they understand what the expectations are and what the rules mm. are, and what um, what we're going to be doing every single day. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they, you know, get into class on time. It's like, that's yeah. sure. The first couple of weeks, if you want to issue some points for that, maybe even a whole class, sure, go for it. Yeah. But if it's like third quarter and you're issuing positive points for being on time, it's like, yeah, you should probably have figured that out by now. And yeah. So that's kind of the conversation we had. And yeah, I had I mean. to be, it was right around Christmas. I had to be the Grinch and be like, <laughs> hey, guys, like, we should probably, we should probably think about how we're using this. I told them about three to one. And I said, hey, it's okay if we're not three to one. That's totally fine. But maybe like 10 to one and right. not 120 to one kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and that has tightened up a little bit. I haven't I haven't looked at it. I probably should have looked at it today before this. But um, th- that has definitely gone down a smidge.
0: Yeah. And I, I guess that was a challenge too because you were trying to find the right balance of like how much should rewards be worth. And maybe it's hard to – Hard to balance you know make it fair for all students when you've got those those big differences and huge huge spikes and positives probably
1: sure sure yeah yeah,
0: yeah. How, how has that gone do you feel like you're starting to find the right like prices for every, everything or what's that process like
1: I would say that we're still too high on a lot of yeah, stuff yeah um, and, and some of that we really do try to defer to the teachers you know they're the ones that are around in the classrooms every day they know their kids better than we do um, yeah. from an administrative perspective hopefully yeah. um but uh so we try to give the autonomy to say even even we have different teams within different grade bands to say mm-hmm. hey this is your team's rewards system like you guys decide what, how you're going to use oh
0: it okay yeah
1: so so there might be um, you know one team might have chips for 75 points. I don't know. They might have, yeah. they might have a booth pass for, you know, 25 points. I'm just making these up because I don't sure. know what they're off the top of my sure. head, but um, we try to give, like I said, that autonomy mm. looking at it. I think that we've realized through time and through some conversation, like, Hey, we, we really should probably lower some of these. But the other tricky thing is, you know, it's still a public school and money's always tight in public schools. And so even having the money to give the incentives it would be really nice to have hundreds and hundreds of dollars that we could say hey the points are a little lower and we're going to offer a little more instant you know options here
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, but you know there's so there's kind of the the balance that we've kind of tried to figure out there
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense and i'm guessing your school is pretty big if within a grade level you have you know multiple teams that are going you must be well up pushing a thousand students or yeah
1: we're we're a little over 1100 we're between 1100 okay. and 1200 so um, wow yeah yeah depending on the year but i think this year we're around 1150 or something
0: got like that. it so you're trying to give within grades you're trying to give those teams a little bit of flexibility and autonomy but but then you also need the overall system to
1: yeah kind of balance yeah.
0: out yeah
1: absolutely and, and it's i mean like we said it's a school initiative we're trying to do this from a whole building perspective and, and, you know, I do, I, even I use it at recess. If I see a kid doing something, Hey, this is above and beyond. You're like killing it. You know, you're helping somebody. It's, it's fun to be able to do that. I don't get to issue those as much as I would like, obviously, but yeah, I would say too. the sixth grade teachers do a really great job of issuing points, both positive and negative. They do a really good job. The further up we get. So we're a six, seven, eight building Mm -hmm. Um, seventh graders. Teachers are like, they're, they're okay at it. They don't issue quite as many. And then the eighth grade teachers still less than that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's, you know, I think that students are getting older, the expectations Mm -hmm. are changing. And, and so there's probably less usage of that. And um, so I get that, but we still try to encourage like, Hey, make sure that you're, make sure you're hitting these. And we want to make sure that, um, that this is a positive system because really it's a thing that our district has access to. It's not just our building.
0: Yeah yeah absolutely, yeah, I think that's a pretty common challenge, you know, especially getting up into like eighth grade, where students are just a little harder to reach, a little hard to get them really excited and and just kind of find what it is that they're most excited about if that makes sense what so where are some of the like positive trends that that you've seen um this year? Are you seeing progress in areas you like are are there areas you're still working on?
1: Yeah, I would say that this will on occasion like fuel our PBIS numbers and our and our students that we're looking for for that. So if we see a student that is kind of habitually in the, we do a five or more negative points in a week. If you hit five or more negative points in a week, that's like counts as one. And mm-hmm. so you get week one, that's a consequence. Week two is a consequence. And so as that continues to to drive up, you know, unfortunately, if we have students that continue to have higher point values in the negative category over five, that kind of fuels our PBIS discussion and our MTSS discussion um, for for those students. So I would say that for, for me as an office administration person, like that is an incredible tool to help us to have the teachers inform us in a way that they might not have to think back through on a kid. We can just see, oh yeah, yeah, they have been hit a couple of times in math and then a few times in language arts and it seems like they're having a really hard time here and so that's been able to help us tailor both classroom settings as well as you know extra incentives so when we use it for the mtss purposes that's a check-in check-out system so it's like a physical live school pass at that point Mm -hmm. that we have kids take period to period um, and then they use those for bigger incentives, like you know we'll take them to Keynes or they'll get lunch from McDonald's, or you know whatever it is mm-hmm. they decide they're
0: looking for. So that's that's almost like I guess a kind of a tier two support exactly. that you add in. So if students are getting a lot of negatives, you almost give them more opportunity to get more recognition, both tangible and from
1: teachers. And I, and I'm hoping that it's not just us, but in what we have found is tier two is the hardest thing to. Mm. Yeah, Santa live into like there's not as many, at least in, to my knowledge, there's not as many interventions that are tier two that are um, feasible, practical for us, it seems.
0: Yeah, I think that that's also a, a pretty common challenge. I think check and check out is one that's really, you know, really common. It sounds like you're running sort yeah. of a, a version of that. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk just a little bit more? So you've really, you know, come up with a consistent accountability system for students. So there's these five, it sounds like five kind of negatives and that adds up to some kind of consequence. And you've actually built like a a ladder of consequences and that's based on all teachers that a student might see. So it's not the kind of situation where maybe you know a lot of small behaviors in a lot of classes, it's more of something that teachers are are using a shared system. Is that right?
1: Yeah, so um, what we've created and we actually stole this um, from another school that we saw they were doing a similar thing. Uh, in years past, we've reset, um, like at the quarter, we've reset the discipline mm-hmm. tiers as far as the weeks go. This is the first year we have not done that. Mm. Uh, and so we have this building wide. We sent it out to parents in a, um, in a, I think, an email or a remind early on in the year to make sure everyone was aware. We went over it in our advisories, but it's essentially this this matrix that just says week one, here's the consequence. Week two here's the consequence week three, here's the consequence. And it goes all the way up from, I think the first one I'm looking at is a lunch and recess detention and that's our tier ones. And then it goes all the way up for recommendation for expulsion. And so, yeah. uh, you know, hopefully we don't get there, but that's like, yeah. if, if we talk about that chronic misbehavior piece of things, like, I mean, that is a reason that we do see some of these um, yeah. students in the office, but um, that is also and this has been, I think, I think personally huge for us. Our cutoff is f- week four, after week four, there's a parent meeting. And so we invite the parents into the building and we say, mm-hmm. Hey, um, here are some of the trends that we've seen. Um, this is where a kid is having some trouble. This is where, uh, we notice, what do you guys have at home that has worked for you? You know, we, t- we really try to partner with the, with the families yeah. um, so that we can, we can best serve the students. Um, And this is our way of doing that. Live school is kind of how we are able to account for that and to keep us, to keep us honest and accountable to say, yeah, this this kid's here. And our, our teachers track that based off of their advisory students. So if you're, you check your advisory kids every, you've got, you know, maybe 15 kids in your advisory, you check your advisory kids every week and see where they are and if they've hit five or more. Mm -hmm. And if they have, then you are the one who issues the, um, the referral to the office and then we kind of track from there.
0: Yeah. Got it. Uh, what have you been observing just kind of post COVID when it comes to behavior? Have you, have you observed any trends or differences and, uh, compared to a couple of years ago?
1: I think we're the norm in it. It seems like a lot of times we're teaching kind of those rudimentary behaviors that we're trying to get kids to, to know. And to be honest, I would rather they learn them in a the middle school. Uh, I was just talking with a parent who, uh, you know, their student got in some discipline and and I, I was able to say to her just saying, hey, I know that this is not good news. And I know that no one likes to see my phone number pop up on their on their uh, caller ID for the most. Yeah. Part. Um, <laughs> but but I would so much rather us have this conversation and us go through this together and learn the skills that I, I thought that would have learned already. Um, then they learn it in high school or beyond. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I would say that we've seen a lot of that, but I think that that's kind of the norm right now that we've been trying to work through.
0: Like with. some, some catching up, maybe, maybe some things that they would have, they would have had the opportunity to learn and experiment a little bit and see, you know, develop, yeah, and
1: I I think some of that honestly is the social interaction piece of things, and yeah, and there was a chunk of time when kids were not with kids, and you know, not seeing behaviors modeled and being um, recognized for that, and so they just didn't, they didn't. Yeah, they don't
0: know. They yeah, deal.
1: yeah, so, yeah. And yeah. so you can't blame them for that, you know. I'm the same yeah. way sometimes. So,
0: <laughs> any advice that you would have for other administrators who are just trying to kind of create a more consistent behavior management plan, you know, have that right positive emphasis, but also consistency. Um, anything you've been learning along the way that, you know, if you could go back and talk to yourself a year or two or three ago that you have said, hey, here's a couple of shortcuts or things to
1: consider. Sure. Yeah. I would say that for us, the matrix was very, very helpful, um, mm-hmm. both from administrative yep. from a teacher, from a student perspective, yep. just because that takes all the emotion out of it. You know, that takes, it's not, I'm not trying to serve somebody with a consequence, right. I'm saying, Hey, here is your behavior. And because of your behavior, this is the, the consequence to that action. Yeah. Um, and that has made it so much more transparent for, um, for teachers to be able to mm-hmm. see, uh, Hey, they're at week seven. That's this consequence. Um, but also to be able to sit down with students and have conversations and be like, Hey, you're at week, um, 10 right now. And week 11 is a day of out of school suspension you know, that's coming. And if that happens, this, that will be your consequence. And so yeah. to be able to have those straightforward conversations with students, I think, um, makes it so that we're all on the same page and that we're all, you know, clear and transparent yeah. with, with each other. Um, I would say too that the same thing that I, that I mean, I'm talking more on the negative piece of that, but I should say on the positive side, um, I would say really teaming with your psychs, your um, your counselors, your especially intervention specialists, and saying, hey, are our point values appropriate for our prizes? That's a big one. The other thing I would say is, hey, should we have different thresholds for students who might ha- be having a really hard time staying under mm. five? Um, yeah. Because we have, we have some kids that, you know, they're hitting 15 a week. And, you know, if you're if they have a week that they're at six or they're at seven and it's like, man, that was a good week for them. Uh, maybe their mm. point, maybe their points should be adjusted. And I think that that's yeah. something we will um, continue to, to learn from and talk through. And that, those are all team decisions where we have to sit down and say, Hey, this is what's best for this kid. I think we should up this kids to eight, eight demerits is going to be yeah. his off point. So I, I think that that's something that we missed early on and we're, we're starting to trend in the right direction, I think.
0: Yeah. It's really cool to hear how you're able to use that demerit data actually to help think about what extra positive supports a student might need. It it sounds like you're trying to keep really keep the balance, um, as you go, which, which is awesome. Um, I've one bigger picture question. I always, I, I love to ask people this question. Uh, just kind of the debate between intrinsic and extrinsic uh, motivation so you got your people who are very focused on you know intrinsic and we all have that desire to grow and become better and then extrinsic is more you know people wanting to be recognized and rewarded uh, I'm just curious having run the system and working with all your staff what what are you kind of seeing in terms of what your students need what your hopes are and does your staff get into any um i guess little debates of, of, about that
1: I, I think everybody all the time wants to be recognized um, mm-hmm. that's and that's we can i think we could sit and we could say that about students but in reality like i like recognition you know that's that's the biggest conversation i have with my wife all the time is like hey can you just recognize the things that i'm doing and i don't do a good job of that so totally um so i think that that's something that uh that is always the win for us. Is if we can point something out, even if it's just something as simple as in a classroom, like, "Hey, Matt, you're doing a really great job, and exactly what I want you to be doing right now." Yeah. Uh, like, thank you for that. You know, that's yeah. that is just something that is so easy and simple. Hey, I Mike, mean, um, that's something that's so easy and so simple and so quick. Yeah. But it, but it makes such a difference, especially yeah. to a kid that might be. Um, you know, one of your harder ones to wrangle.
0: Yeah. Awesome.
1: But I mean, I can see the the advantages. I think that as you get older, the intrinsic piece of things. Yeah. becomes more important. It, yeah. It becomes more important. Um, but I, I would say you can't go too long without recognizing people or their, whether that's a student, of, uh, you know, whether that's a kindergartner or that's a you know, somebody that's in their doctoral program, I don't know, like it, it could yeah. be in all of those. If you don't recognize people at any point, um, I think you're going to lose them. And, and that's going to push towards culture. That's going to push towards so many other things that have a positive or potential negative effect on your building.
0: That's awesome. Well, in that spirit, hats off to you, Eric, and to your team <laughs> for what you all are doing. It's really awesome can tell you're putting in a lot of hard work so i'm sure i'm sure your kids share that appreciation every day but just in case they they are not yeah Yeah.
1: Yeah. not always but sometimes
0: (laughs) awesome well thank you so much for for joining us really appreciate it
1: thanks for having me matt